Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land, and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Hi, I'm Bill Cooper with the Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. It's a beautiful April day, and I'm delighted to be sitting in the Public House Brewing Company with Chef Albert. Chef, it's always good to see you, man, and get to talk to you. Oh, it's always a pleasure on my side as well. Hey, we always have a good time together. But, you know, we got some great things to talk about today. You know, I'm working on this article called uh, uh, How to Do a Trout Town, St. James, Missouri, and, of course, we're sitting right here in beautiful St. James and some great things going on and been some exciting things going on. You know, when it comes to fishing, I get excited, man. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, heck, actually, the fishing is one of the reasons why I moved down here from the St. Louis area. Well, me too. Uh, back in the day, I was really interested in the rivers. And, of course, we're talking rivers. You can't go to the river without fishing, or at least I can't. But right here, I've, I've been in this community for about 42 years, and, and I moved away for a short period one time, and I just didn't like where I was, so I turned around and came back. Yep. <laughs> and I'm still here, probably going to die here. But, you know, Chef, within a, you know yourself, and I'm preaching to the choir here, within an hour of St. James, Missouri, there are six of the eight blue ribbon, ribbon trout streams. That's the wild streams, and now they're given uh, all tags and patches and all that sort of thing as you go through the process of catching fish and documenting them out of these uh eight uh, wild trout stream eight or nine of them but right here close we've got blue springs creek over bourbon we got mill creek south of rolla the spring creek a little further south of rolla and not too far south you've got uh, just about an hour maybe a little over you've got current river as that's my favorite Oh, man, there's some big brown uh, trout in, in there. But you've also got Barren Fork not too far away. A pretty small creek and not very long a public part of it, but still there's some dandy trout in there. And then if you go about an hour and a half south, you get into the, the other two Blue Ribbon uh, trout streams. One of them's the 11 Point River, and the other one is Crane Creek. Ooh. I might have to check that one out. That's the only one I have not been to, and they claim that there's still uh, pure strain McLeod rainbows there. Now, well, then I see a fishing trip in our future. You bet. We need to go. <laughs> I, I'm always looking for an excuse to go. Well, really, I don't need an excuse to go. <laughs> but it helps. It, yeah, it does help. You know, I get ragged a lot, but I'm telling people, you know, it's hard work, and I put a lot of time in doing it, and somebody's got to do it. That's all there is to it. Yep. <laughs> well, in the process of talking about, and I, I don't want to slight the bass fishermen either. You know, we could, within 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour of St. James, Missouri, you can get the Merrimacks like 15 minutes away. The Berbers is about 15 minutes away. Berbers gets bigger as it goes downstream and, and some tremendous smallmouth fishing there. Gasconade's not far away. The Big Piney, the Hoosaw, oh, yeah. the Curdaway, Little Piney Creek, and then you can get into Current River, Black River, 
Wow, the eleven point again. Uh, I mean, little piney is the one that I tend to go to most, and there's part of it that actually goes through my in-laws' property, and we got some good smallmouth that come through that creek. Absolutely, and there's some good trout fishing there there as well, man. But uh, love all of these creeks, and I've been to every one of them I've mentioned except Crane Creek, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of that this year. But uh, Chef Albert. We're trying to, of course, attract more people to come enjoy the outdoors and use St. James, Missouri as a base. Hey, I hope I've sold people already. We're talking about all, and we got floating and camping and hiking and mountain biking, all those great things close by. But that's not all we've got. We've got some great accommodations here. I don't care if you're looking for a small motel, you know, a cabin out in the woods, bed and breakfast, campground. Oh, absolutely. We've got them all. And, you know, I forgot to mention Merrimack Spring Park, too. We've oh. got some other trout fisheries close by Merrimack Spring Park, the Merrimack River. Again, Westover Farms mm. is probably the premier private trout fishing destination in the Midwest. I mean, I can't even describe the accommodations there. They've actually got... Uh, uh, log cabins that were built back in the 1800s that were dismantled around the country and they brought them to uh, just southeast of Steelville, reassembled them. Got some old German-style stone buildings as well. Oh, that sounds great. Hey, it's it's gorgeous. And they've got, uh, I want to say, about three miles of private trout stream. It starts as several springs up in a bog and it twists its way through their property. And of course, they've managed it and uh, uh, assembled some great trout habitat there. There's places where you could jump across the creek as it meanders through the <laughs> meadow. Just beautiful. But it dumps into Dry Creek nearby and they've got a mile and a half or so of uh, frontage on Dry Creek. Waters get a little bit bigger. And, man, is there ever some sweet rainbows in that creek. So, hey, if you've never been to Westover Farms, you need to check it out. But, I, you know, have I not just created a trout fishing dream? Oh, absolutely. A smallmouth bass fishing dream right here, man, and it's so easy to get to. But back to the accommodations, you know. Well, and plus, don't forget about going on the pineys and uh, getting some good cat. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, if a person likes to catfish in the springtime, uh, a lot of people like to fish for goggle eye too, and almost oh, yeah. all these streams. I laugh. There's some friends of mine, Tommy Bench. He's uh, probably he's one of the best two smallmouth fishermen in this area. He's a guide. He's doing a new radio show now for some outfit that goes out all over the country. Tommy's a genius when it comes to smallmouth fishing, but that rascal and a couple of his buddies go to opening day at uh, trout uh, season at Merrimack Spring Park, usually on March 1st. They don't trout fish. <laughs> they fish for goggle eye. <laughs> they had a picture. <laughs> they post it every year, this big trigger of goggle eye, and I guess they have a fish fry right there in the park. <laughs> but those rascals also kept catch some pretty hefty smallmouth bass out of Merrimack Spring uh, because it come up the Merrimack River from miles away, starting usually about the middle of October, and they'll stay in there till oh end of February, and then they start scattering out again. So hey, those, we've also got uh, good snagging season here too. Uh, yeah, yeah, you have to go to, usually to the bigger rivers again, like the Ozarks, though, and the uh, Missouri River, the Osage River, hour and a half away from St. James, Missouri. And uh, I mean, golly, within that circle, we could talk a ton of other things and accommodations. Of course, I'm, we're wanting to concentrate <laughs> on St. James, and we we talked about the camping, all that sort of thing. But there are some great, great. Uh, 
uh, restaurants and wineries and, of course, the public house. One oh, yeah. of my favorites, man. And I met you here, and, and we've had a friendship going ever since. But why would anybody want to come to the public house brewing company? Well, why wouldn't you? That, hey, great question. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I know the community was just so thrilled when uh, the St. James Winery folks, the Hofers, and they've been in this part of the world for a long time. And, of course, everybody loves St. James Winery. They've won all kinds of uh, gold medal awards, you know, from across oh, the country. And just a beautiful winery. And my wife loves to go in there and shop. You know, she likes all those little trinkets they sell. Oh, yeah. there. I call them trinkets <laughs> to her. They're necessities, you know. Exactly. But then the, the public brewing house came along and just i mean it created a real culture here in st james because i was talking to your sales manager dan Wynn a couple of weeks ago and and i got to talk about this too i keep thinking things popping up but he he held the first ever trout fest here in st james dan has a fly fishing background was a rod builder at one time and even knows how to build bamboo rods man yeah, and that's amazing it is you don't run into those guys every day but uh dan's wanting to create a, a kind of a fly fishing culture here in st james or grow it it's already here and he put on a great little uh get together saturday a week or so a couple three weeks ago and he brought in the ruby duty fly fishers which is a club the closest fly fishing club here and they've been very active in in st james over the years and we hope to see that thing grow over the next few years but it's all tied together st james winery and uh, your public uh, house brewing company right here in one location and man the wines are great Uh, dan told me they put out like 40 new beers a year or something that they're microbrewery uh the- it depends on what's going on uh at least once a month we have a new r&d batch at a raw location uh, and then we just kind of cycle through new beers here all the time sometimes we <laughs> distribute sometimes we don't yeah uh, and in fact like one of the reasons why you want to come here if you're already fishing anyway is we do have a dry fly ipa Exactly, and and I've heard a lot of the fly fishermen talk about that. And, you know, it's so conveniently located right here off the uh, interstate at the St. James exit. You can turn back east on the uh, north outer road and you just a couple of blocks you're here but beautiful buildings beautiful grounds, lots of room. You know, you can have your parties here. And We've even had a couple of weddings. Yeah, I don't doubt that. And out back the... <laughs> Tell us about the courtyard back here. Oh, yeah. We got a nice big area back there. Uh, plenty of seating. But during when the weather's good, we also have bands play out there on the weekends. Uh, we got bocce ball courts, which uh, those like me that didn't know what that was, it's basically fancy lawn bowling. Yeah. Yeah, but and we got a life-size chess and checkers board. And that is bags. so cool. I've never seen anything like that, and uh, it's fun to sit out back with friends. And I, I love to watch the kids that come in. You know, they get all over that, those lawn games. You know, and, oh, and yeah. the adults too. I've I've seen some folks. I'm sure was 80 years old out there participating too. Oh yeah, but it's just such a relaxed app atmosphere i've sat in here a lot of times to talk to the fishing buddies you know and of course this is on my way home yeah. so after i've i've been out fishing for the day or sometimes at my age now i go for just two or three hours but it's so nice in the afternoon to stop by and it's really quiet in here and i love talking to your employees and you got some pretty good outdoorsmen at work here as well including yourself but chef man you know all those things are great 
but with drink, you've got to have food. Oh, absolutely. And that's one of my absolute like passions in life. Um, in fact, actually, recently, I just found a local bison farmer. Really? And so I'm starting to put uh, bison burgers on the menu. I've got, I brought a lot of my Native American heritage with me, uh, doing a uh, brisket taco with a wasajpi on it. Oh, which wow. Which is like a semi-sweet berry sauce. Uh, it's just, it works out really well. We, and, of course, we've got uh, Moondance Farm Burgers. I, I had one. one. I had one after the Trout Fest. In fact, I posted a picture on on with my Facebook post about the Trout Fest, and that burger wasn't beautiful. I I like you know a little peak in that, and mm-hmm. boy did it ever pop! And the photograph looked so good. Those crispy fries, and it just just a beautiful little lunch that I I had. And of course, I've been coming in here for several years now and you and i hit it off and i've got to be the guinea pig a few times on some new dishes and everything has been it just makes your taste buds stand up you know (laughs) well that's the way it should be uh kind of like with fly fishing why do you do it because it's exciting it's something a little bit different than the normal exactly and and enjoyable and when you combine all those songs together it makes for a memorable experience oh absolutely it's honestly you know, we ended up moving down here because once you visit here, it's really hard to want to go back. It it really is. And I used to travel through here. I went to college at the University of Missouri in Columbia. I was from the Boot Hill area. And I used to literally, I love the Ozarks so much because I grew up on a cotton farm and down in the flat ground, the swamps and that sort of thing. Just intrigued by the hills. So when I'd drive back and forth from college, when I'd get a break, I'd take different routes through the Ozarks. And it's just amazing how things worked out. But I used to say when I was in college, uh, I, I got a uh, bachelor's degree in park management and a master's in outdoor education i said man i want to work in some of these parks around these rivers and i hope to live in cuba st james salem or steelville wound up as superintendent of memorandum spring park right here in st james missouri Perfect. oh it worked out beautifully for me and my family i mean i stayed there about six years and i actually left and went to work for the state park system went to bennett springs as a naturalist there in montauk but you know what Boy, it just didn't it just didn't scratch my itch like St. James did. So I wound up coming back here and working another career and worked as an outdoor writer and communicator on the side. Here I'm in my 70s and still doing it. Doing it oh, full yeah. time now and loving it because I get to meet people like you and get to come into public house. And, and uh, always, always interesting when I walk in here because I'm always scratching my head and wondering what Chef Albert's up to, <laughs> what he's putting yeah. out next. So, Oh, and if, if somebody comes down, they're bringing the RV – Strap the motorcycle to the back because we got beautiful roads for riding out here. Oh, you do. And you get a lot of uh, bikers here, too. I know in the summertime, it just stays busy. Uh, and I keep an eye out for them because they do go up B Highway towards my home several miles. And they make loop out through the countryside. And uh, seem like folks are just having a grand time, you know. Oh, yeah. doesn't matter what kind of cycle, motor or not. Come on out here. You're going to enjoy yourself. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You could, uh, of course, stop by St. James Winery in a public house here, and there's other wineries throughout the countryside that you can visit. It's just an outdoorsman paradise, you know. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know why St. James didn't get to build, but a couple of times in the last 20 years, uh, Rolla, Missouri, just 10 miles uh, to the west, has been named in Field and Streams top 100 outdoor destinations in the country. And I'm going to have to work on that and get uh, St. James that designation because I oh. think we're better than Rolla anyway. Oh, well, they're 
probably staying in Rolla and then coming out to St. James. Oh, a lot of that happens because, uh, you know, a lot of the rivers are just south of here. Merrimack Spring Park, again, is here. And, uh, hey, we're our attractiveness is growing by the month, man. So proud to be here. But, Jeff, tell us about uh, what are your main menu item, items that people will come in here for? Uh, well... Uh, we've actually got two kitchens on campus right now. Uh, we do have our uh, pizza kitchen, which attracts a lot of people. We oh, do all I love of our it. dough, all of our sauce, everything that we possibly can, we make in-house. The dough is actually my fry bread recipe, just modified for pizza dough. I'll be darned. Well, that's uh, delicious. I can tell you that. About, oh, yeah. I about ruptured myself a few times coming in here. <laughs> yep. Yeah, sitting there trying to finish the pizza, and it's like, yeah. I shouldn't, but uh, I'm, I'm going to. <laughs> well, well the, the beautiful thing about it is you can sit around the table here with your friends, and, you know, you can take a breath and slow down and talk for a few minutes. Ah, oh, then I got room for one more piece yep. of pizza. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's the whole model of the pub is we don't have TVs. We're not a sports bar. We're none of that. We're here about getting together with friends. Talking, eating, having a drink, and just enjoying yourself and enjoying company. And you quite often have music right here in the dining room of the uh, public house as oh, well. Absolutely. I've come several times to listen to friends that play, you know. And oh, it's, yeah. It's just a great, great, fun atmosphere, you know. Oh, especially when people start moving the tables to create more of a dance floor. <laughs> yeah. That's when you know it's a good day. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's always good to see. But you being the innovative chef that you are, uh, you're always coming up with something new. And uh, I noticed over the Lenten season, you had a catfish dinner available. Oh, yeah. A little over a pound of food. We're doing uh, catfish and hush puppies with our house tartar sauce. Uh, It's you're making my mouth water, so oh, it's real deadly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah, it was for sure. But tell us about some of these other fantastic dishes over the course of your years here that you've come up with uh, things I've never heard of before, you know. But man, I remember well, them. <laughs> the, uh, I'm still in the thought process of whether or not bringing them back because uh, our trifurters were one of our number oh, one things. Oh, that was one of my favorites, man. Yeah, and I'm I'm still going through the process of whether or not to bring them back. Uh, I'm actually waiting on a kitchen remodel to have some more fryer space for them. Um, other than that, it really comes down to just everything fresh and local possibly can. And describe let it that, decide. Yeah, describe that trout fritter, though. All right. So we smoke a bunch of trout, peel it off the skin, Mix it with like some potatoes, um, some different seasonings and chives. Whip it up really good. Then do an in-house beer batter with a little bit of cornmeal. Fry it up. Mm. Oh, I'm telling you, folks, that was heavenly. And you you had a wonderful touch with that, too. There were just little bitty thin sliced strips of red onion to go with. Boy, that just tied it all together for me. Well, Chef, man, we could sit here and talk all day long about the great things with St. James Winery and the public house. Uh, and I'm excited uh, to announce that uh, Mr. Wynn invited the Ruby Dew Fly Fishing Club to start holding their meetings here. So throughout the year, I'm sure several times a year, we're going to be here and be tying some flies. And oh, we have to have business meetings once in a while, too. You know, that's well, what I may not be working those days. I might be having to be over there at those meetings. Hey, we would love to have you, man. And, and uh, 
we're going to have to come up with a fly called the trout fritter. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I was sitting here staring at a little platter right in front of me. Describe this to me. It looks wonderful. Well, we uh, actually uh, decided to add a dessert, and it's uh, mini baked donuts in-house. Uh, this go-around, I've got it's chocolate with peanut butter and orange wow. uh, for the donut. And then on the plate is a bacon caramel mousse with a in-house light drizzle of caramel and a smoked sea salt. Oh, my goodness. I have never in my life seen donuts that look so appealing. <laughs> Folks, we're going to have to take a break here because I need to make these donuts disappear. Chef, man, it's been wonderful to talk to you again. Always a pleasure. And if people want to check uh, Public House Brewing out online, how do they do that? Just- uh, publichousebrewingcompany.com. Uh, just come on or just come on in, uh, come visit with us. You can even ask for me by name. That's fine with me, and I'll set you up. You tell me what you like. I'll set you up with what we got. Hey, that is wonderful. I'll tell you what, and you check out that website. Have a napkin handy because you're going to salivate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bill Cooper, and this has been Living the Dream Outdoors Podcast. Hi everyone, Brandon Licklider here with the Marys County Bank. Um, today I wanted to talk to you real quickly about the pre-qualification process. Um, as we've talked about, there's a lot of really nice properties out there and this process can help you be ready to buy when the time is right. Um, typically at the bank, um, what we're going to collect to pre-qualify would be two years financials at minimum. Um, so we're going to be looking for tax returns, W-2s, pay stubs, anything that's applicable to the transaction itself. And of course, a completed application. We do have several ways we can get that application to you via our website or via encrypted email. Make the process secure if you're not local or if there's you know any special circumstance we need to work with. Um, from there, we're going to go through a review process where we're going to go through questions with you and we're going to really look at um, your situation as it pertains to the transaction, um, gather all of that information and really make the best decision for you um, moving forward. And again, this this process is really designed to be a help to help you be prepared to buy when the time's right. So, as we've talked about, these properties are really booking up fast. So when you see them out there, you know what your buying power is. You know what you're capable of doing. It allows you to act quickly and and be in the running for some of these great properties. Um, in closing, here, just want to let you know that the Marys County Bank is an equal housing lender and member FDIC. And if you have questions or you'd like to talk through this process with me, feel free to reach out to me at 573-265-4600. Again, my name is Brandon Licklider with the Marys County Bank. Hey, this is Bill Lovelace. I'm down here in San Felipe, Mexico, uh, representing Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, fishing for the baby tarpon. Uh, Daryl Hyman wasn't able to make it with us this time, but we're looking forward to another time he's down here with us. And uh, I have a wonderful guide by the name of Vito. Uh, weather's been perfect. He's put us on the tarpon. Uh, Bill and I haven't caught a whole lot of tarpon, but we've been put on them. We just don't know how to catch them that well. <laughs> <laughs> but we have had a good time. Thanks, Bill, for that introduction. You know, I've been just a little bit under the weather and I'm a little bit hoarse, but 
Bill Lovelace never runs out of voice. <laughs> I, I have been told that I come out of my shell occasionally. Hey, we've had the best time here in San Felipe. Bill and I had a restaurant or a motel across town, and we've been walking around the community. We stop at people's homes or houses and talk to them. You know, Bill's never met a stranger. But uh, boy, what a time we've had. We're here with Fito, our guide, and we're sitting in a, our favorite restaurant right now. It's uh, Ristorante Vaselina. Great place. We've eaten a lot of meals here, Bill. We've eaten a lot of meals here. And do you know how they got that name, Vaselina? You well, tell me. The owner of the place <laughs> used to put a lot of Vaseline in his hair. <laughs> all of his friends used to kid him about putting the Vaseline in his hair. When he opened the restaurant, he said, I'm going to call it the Vaselina. The Vaselina. Now, see, I can identify with that because as a kid growing up, I had a lot of hair. And I combed my hair back. And we used, it was a Vaseline product. I can't remember the name was of it. Was it Brill Cream? Brill Cream. Remember yeah. that stuff? Yeah. Did you have enough hair at one time to use that? I never had that much hair. <laughs> <laughs> we did, man. We put that Brill Cream and slick that hair back. And, hey, I worked out in the cotton fields in the summertime. Vito, I looked like a Mexican. I get real dark complected and dark hair. It, it was great. Hey, but we're down here, man, enjoying the tarpon fishing. It's baby tarpon. A lot of you guys back in the States may not know what baby tarpon are. So often people think of giant fish because they see them, particularly from the Florida Keys, sometime when the fish are migrating, they see huge tarpon. But here in this area, we'll catch baby tarpon from about five pounds up 15, 20, sometimes 30. A friend of mine last year hooked into one of about 50 pounds. But it's so fascinating because you use, you know, like a seven, eight weight rod. And uh, I don't know, the first trip I came down, I brought these flies about seven or eight inches long. The guy laughed at me. I, I thought, hey, you want to catch a big fish? You need a big fly. <laughs> But the most of what we use is uh, is about two inch flies, a number two hook, Fido. What size hook? One zero. One, one or two, yeah. And uh, these guys tie all kinds of colorful flies, and it's uh, it's it just a different, different world. Kind of laid back, isn't it, Bill? It's very laid back. It's been very agreeable. Now, it's not that you don't have to put some effort in. You know, we're up at six in the morning. The guy puts us on the water. We fish till 9.30 or 10, or until our arms are about to fall off. <laughs> and then they bring us back, and uh, we all go out for a little breakfast. I usually drink a couple beers at breakfast, and then we go lay down, have a siesta, and we're back at it again in the evening. It's been a wonderful time. Uh, the community that we're in is just beautiful. Every person that we've met has been more than friendly. Uh, everyone's got a smile on their face. My uh, Spanish is not really up to par, but I'm able to say hello and how are you and thank you and smile and I got a few more phrases or words to use, but it's gotten me by and uh, I, 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 I can't say that I've had a bad experience down here. It has been totally positive and I would highly recommend anyone uh, coming down here to hire a guy. Uh, San Felipe fly fishing. San Felipe fly fishing. You know, I just think they're they're the tops, and uh, they have put us on fish. They really have. And uh, Fito, you've been guiding for how many years? Guiding to I don't know four years. Been guiding about four years, but you've been fly fishing for over a decade. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And but you've got a partner in your business. What's his name? Pedro Figueroa. Pedro. I see Pedro on Facebook. I see you on Facebook a lot. It's so much fun, but it kind of makes me homesick. I go back home and I see you guys on Facebook. It makes me wish I was back down here. But uh, you guys, yeah, you and Pedro have been working together a long time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's, let's explore a little bit here. When you have a client come in, uh, you get clients come in from all over the world. I know a lot come from Europe and Germany and France and some from the United States. What do you hope for? Do you hope they can use a fly rod good? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, did, did Bill and I know how to use a fly no. rod good? Not, <laughs> not too well. I wouldn't say good, but we, we got by. But it's such a such a different presentation and everything's different the equipment's different the fish are different and you've got to respond differently correct bill exactly. tell us about your experience well you know i'm kind of a bluegill trout fisherman type fella and you know when you set the rod well you raise the rod tip and you give a little yank on the line and you know you set the hook well down here you know we're fishing for these baby tarpon and you know a small tarpon that we've caught is maybe been three and a half to five pounds and you don't move the rod. And if you do move the rod, the guide is going to say in a tone similar to this, no move rod. rod. <laughs> and you'll hear that enough. You just go like, dang, what am I doing wrong? But it's hard to beat 50 years of setting a, a lure. But down here, you, uh, you just jerk the line about three feet, and then you pull the rod back to set the hook, and after you got that fish hooked up, it's like game on. Hang on for the ride. And it is nothing but fun, hooping and hollering and laughing, <laughs> and you gotta listen to your guide because uh, they've been through this more than a few times. And uh, I had uh, excellent, excellent help. You know, it couldn't have been any better, uh, telling me exactly how to play the fish, you know, where to point the rod, how fast to pull it in, when you slow down, uh, when to go on one side of the boat or the other. It was really, truly an experience, and uh, I would highly recommend it. If you think that you can get a fishing trip in down to San Felipe fishing here in uh, San Felipe, you, you owe it to yourself. It's very affordable, and uh, they have a bunch of nice motels down here, uh, great places to eat, and, and I think if you make an effort to try to speak just a few words of Spanish, you're going to get along just fine. You, you really are. I, I got to laugh because we spent a lot of time laughing at each other. And that first strike that Bill got, <laughs> classic trout set, you know, and he heard that booming voice, you'll no move rod. Well, on strike 19, I think Bill heard no move rod. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is my third trip down here. I've had a little experience. And what did I do, Bill? You moved the rod. <laughs> <laughs> we laughed so hard at each other. But we did hook up with some fish. And the idea behind when you get a strike, you, you've got that long fly rod, the tip of it right at the water, uh, top of the water, and you've got the rod pointed towards the fish, and you've got the fly line in your left hand and you pull really hard and that kind of 
hopefully it turns that fly so that it'll, the hook will stick right in the corner of the tarpon's mouth because they have a very bony, hard mouth. And then you jerk the rod backwards, and as Fito says, what are you doing then? <laughs> You're se securing? Secure. You're securing the hookup, and then he's and I have a hard time doing this. Then he says, "Once you secure the hookup, you let the line go." That's hard for me to That's do. That's hard to do. That's hard to do because you're afraid that fish is going to get off. But if it's a really big fish, you're not going to have any choice. He's going to no, he's, he's going to jerk that line out of your hand or burn that line into your fingers. You know, <laughs> I ain't even have gloves on, but I'm going to invent. I'm going to design some gloves. Bill's got longer fingers on it couple of fingers so it doesn't burn your fingers but what an experience but another thing that happened and I heard uh, uh, Bill's guide talking to him about this too because we started out fishing around the island you had plenty of room for the front cast the back cast didn't have to worry about getting hung up on anything but after the fishing slowed down there we went towards the man mangroves and actually got back in the mangroves Some different story then oh Bill my gosh. what happened then I gave the rod to you and said, Bill, it's all yours because this is too tight for me. <laughs> <laughs> but though, though I did, I did catch a fish back in the middle. You did, and you did really well yeah. with it. But uh, hey, the guy had something else to say to us. The first bush I hooked. Oh, yeah. I heard something I never heard before. Yeah, you caught a monkey. <laughs> a big monkey. A big monkey. Yeah, yeah a big monkey. Yeah, I, I, I think we might have hooked over our limit of monkeys. So. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, but the guides are so patient. They laugh at us. Of course, we worried about breaking his flies off that he ties himself. And uh, we'd pull a little bit, but we couldn't get the flies out of the monkey trees, you know. So <laughs> the guide would take over. Usually, he'd pull straight on that and, and get the most of them out. Once in a while, he'd have to pull the boat over and get them out for us but uh, Bill you know we've been here four or five days and boy this feels like home it does it's absolutely wonderful and right now the weather's beautiful and I wish we could stay longer but I do have a little experience I want to pass on you I had this morning we went out this morning and it was just too windy to fish I mean a lot of the, a lot of the guides had pulled their boats out of the water to keep from getting damaged and my guide Vito showed up and he says well he says, I can't fish with you today. He says, but I'll help you on your cast. And he took me to an area where there was uh, not a whole lot of wind. We were back in it. And he spent an inordinate amount of time, patience, and expertise helping me improve my cast and uh, really did a good job. It's going to give me something to work on when I get back in the States. Well, you set a couple of goals for yourself. You're talking like you're going to come back down and fish with yes. these guys again. Yep. But two things you want to improve on. What are they? Well, I want to improve on my Spanish because I want to talk to the locals more and just kind of get a feel for the life down here. So my goal is to get a thousand words in and a hundred phrases. Now, I don't know if that's going to be fluent or not, but I think I'll be able to make myself understood. And then I want to learn how to cast that rod at least 90 feet. Wow. 90 and, and as a trout fisherman, you cast how far? I don't know, 30. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got to triple your, your cast distance. But hey, uh, last time I was out on water with you a day or so ago, you were reaching 50, 60 feet. I was. You yeah, were. Was. Improved just, a lot. Again, it was uh, uh, Vito had just been tremendously patient with me on the boat even giving me some tips and then watching him cast and um, I'd never been up close to anybody that could, could double haul. He made it look effortless, it was artistic, 
It was beautiful to watch, and um, and he was very efficient. Uh, it was it was it was a, a thing of joy. It really was, and boy, we've had a fantastic time from beginning to end, and we're in our last day here in the village of San Felipe, and boy, it, it just really has started to feel like home. We almost hate to pack up and leave, but, you know, got responsibilities yeah. back home. We have to go back to the real world. That's it. Well, I do miss my little puppies. Yeah. <laughs> seeing ghost dogs. Yeah, yeah. I've got one too, Zeus, and my wife tells me he's been missing me, but I'll be back soon. But folks, if uh, you want to come to San Felipe, uh, look up uh, the, these guys. They will absolutely take care of you. San Felipe Fly Fishing, they're on Facebook all the time. I talk to them. Uh, I grab a lot of their material and post on some of my other sites, and they will break their backs to make sure that you have a good time. Now, uh, this is a kind of a remote village there's some tourist industry here but not a whole lot but you can take uh, an afternoon if you want and get on a tour boat go out and see the bay uh, there's a beach across the way here that a lot of people spend the entire day at or you can go on uh, tours to see the flamingos and crocodiles and i like to stop a lot of little markets along the way i stopped in stuck my nose in one this morning they brought their fish in they had baby sharks and all kinds of other fish and during the heavy tourist season, there's lots of little shops where you can buy, you know, gifts for your wives. And if your wife comes, I'm sure they can find dresses and necklaces and all kinds of sorts of things that the ladies like. Well, Bill, you know, man, it's been a great time having you down here. Uh, you kind of fell into this job. Uh, we were in jungle camp together. And I thought I had a guy or two coming down to help me out this week with the fly fishing because I needed a videographer and a guy that I could uh, video myself fly fishing. And Bill and I were in jungle turkey camp together, and he volunteered, if you can imagine that. Stay another week. <laughs> Stay another week. He's done a fantastic job both behind the camera and on the deck of that boat. Learning to cast that fly rod a little bit further. Uh, it was a TFO anyway. TFO 8-way. Nine foot. Nine foot. Good rod. Well, Bill, I think you need to close this segment out and say goodbye to a good friend. Well, I'm going to say goodbye to Daryl Hyman, the owner of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. If you're looking for a farm recreational or land in the Missouri area or outlying states, Daryl Hyman is the guy you want to see because that guy can buy you and get you the property you need and he can sell, sell, sell. Daryl Hyman's the guy you need to see. And hey, the next time you see Daryl, tell him he needs to get himself a fly rod. <laughs> Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. I'm Bill Cooper. What an adventure it's been recording this podcast. Actually, over the last two or three weeks, I started out in St. James, Missouri. It's a public house with Chef Albert, and we had quite a long conversation about good foods and fishing in the Ozarks. And from there, I actually flew south to San Felipe in uh, Mexico, the Yucatan Peninsula. And uh, Bill Lovelace, a friend, and I were fishing for baby tarpon down there with Fito, the second segment, uh, Fito doesn't speak extremely good English, and he was a little bit shy when it came to talking. So Bill and I kind of filled in the gaps and uh, told you a lot of good stories about fishing for baby tarpon in San Felipe, Mexico. And for this third segment, 
I'm back home right here in my office. You can probably hear our two Yorkie puppies running around in the background. Uh, they like to chase and bark and have all kinds of good times. But, hey, that'll make for good background music this morning. But it's springtime. Lots of great things going on in the outdoors favorite time of the year as it is for a lot of other outdoorsmen because so many things going on and of course we just like to see the green up see the wildflowers pop and the red buds and the dogwoods and all kinds of great things happening in the outdoors and of course hey morel mushrooms are starting to pop too and there's nothing better than a good batch of morel mushrooms all fried up particularly if you've got some crappie fillets to go with them. And the crappie fishing is going great in here in the state of Missouri and across the Ozarks. Uh, or lakes like Stockton, Palm de Terre, Lake of the Ozarks. Lots of big crappie being caught right now. Of course, I've been out on the farm ponds. It's a great time to hit them. You can catch some of your biggest bass of the year. And um, I haven't caught a huge one yet, but I've caught a lot of bass on soft plastics and uh, just had a great time. And a good tip when the farm ponds and the lakes are up, go to the end where the water's run, running in because quite often that water's a little bit warmer, be a lot of bait fish there, and your bass sometimes just absolutely stack up in those areas. An old good friend uh, of mine, Jim DePardo, and I have been fishing for several days in a lake nearby, and we've just had some great success fishing in the upper end of that lake where the water's a little bit more shallow, which means it will... Uh, warm quicker than the rest of the lake and also after the range the water is stained that helps it to uh, warm up as well as it absorbs sunlight plus there's lots of grass weeds and even some standing timber and all of those things absorb the sunlight and put a little bit of extra heat in that uh, part of the body of water and therefore the fish will move to it and you'll have a lot better luck uh, fishing that part of the lake. Uh, now, another good bait to throw early in a season like that is a big spinner bait. Uh, I like to use uh, War Eagle spinner baits with a double willow leaf in gold color and chartreuse and white. Of course, my favorite skirt color, and they uh, they produce extremely well. But yum, soft plastic and you know, the dinger worms and some of those sort of baits work extremely well as too. And I like to just use a big four or five aught hook with no weight on it and uh, rig that worm and then cast it up into the shallow water with the weeds and the logs and that sort of thing. And boy, we were experiencing fish just clobbering those baits as soon as they hit the water quite often. But if you let them settle, they slope. Very slow, very slowly down to the water column, and it gives a fish, uh, you know, a real good silhouette that they can see even in that dark water. Use the dark colors. I I like black and blue in those conditions. A Mardi Gras is a good color, but any of the dark co colors will work because they create a good silhouette, and the bass can pick them up. But what great fun! But you know, our Missouri spring turkey season starts in just a few days. Monday, April eighteenth, it runs through May the eighth. You're allowed two birds just one uh, per week so kill that first bird early in the week then you can go crappie fishing next week that second third week start working on your second bird good luck out there but my wife and i were fortunate enough to draw in to a special hunt down at peck ranch conservation area i think it's about fifteen thousand acres and only 40 or 50 hunters allowed in there so we're going to have a good time down there go down early and camp out a couple of days, scout the area, and get ready for a 
good old Ozark style turkey hunt. Nothing like hearing a big gobbler sound off first thing in the morning on top of an Ozark Ridge. And we're really looking forward to it. But again, great things going on in the Ozarks and across the country as well. But another thing that you can uh, need to think about here in the springtime, you know, is hunting and fishing properties. And of course, I work for Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. And this is Living the Dream Outdoor podcast, all put together by owner Daryl Hyman and crew over at Cuba, Missouri. But uh, if you're in the market to either buy or sell, hands down, these are the best guys in this part of the world to help you find a property or to list your property. And uh, funny story, but uh, we were down in the Yucatan together in turkey hunting camp out in the jungle, and Hunter Heinemann, that's Daryl's son, actually listed a property from right in camp there, and it sold within six hours, if you can imagine that, man. Sight unseen, but people are buying, selling properties right and left, but uh, boy, it's a seller's market right now, so be sure and get in touch with these guys if you're into uh looking for hunting or fishing properties, outdoor recreation properties, and they do list some residentials as well. So be sure and contact Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. But I got to tell the story about us being down in uh, Yucatan. Uh, Daryl Hyman, his son Hunter, myself, and Bill Lovelace uh, traveled together and all went down to, we flew into Merida, Mexico, and there were met uh, representatives of Living the Dream uh, or, excuse me, 10 cab outfitters down in the Yucatan, and they transported us to the jungle about four hours away, and there's just a fabulous camp there, so that big wall tents with carpet in them and air conditioner showers right out back, and just a fabulous and enjoyable camp situation. Of course, they had the camp cooks there, just did a fabulous job of pre- preparing some meals that were a bit unusual to us, but some people think that uh, Mexican foods are are extremely spicy, but uh, uh, not so. Uh, these were some of them spicy, some not so spicy, and just a great sampling of foods there in camp. And uh, that was in Campeche State, way south in Mexico. But uh, we had a grand time there, and boy, uh, probably, well, without a doubt, the best camp I've ever been in. I've been going down there for 14 years working with these outfitters, and uh, just a great, great camp put together there this year. And we had some great hunting success as well. I, if I remember correctly, I may have taken the first oscillated turkey. I think the uh, best bird I've taken in the, all the years I've been traveling to the Yucatan was a four-year-old turkey. I don't have any idea what it Weighed a uh, huge one is 13 pounds. The oscillated turkeys, of course, are uh, the most beautiful bird of the six subspecies, and they have very long, thin, extremely sharp spurs, uh, which <clears throat> hunters like to uh, like to collect. But beautiful birds, and uh, then Hunter killed a, a bird, and then Bill Lovelace took a nice bird. I think. Two of the three were four-year-old birds. Bill Lovelace was a three-year-old bird, but all nice birds with big, sharp burrs and hooks on them. We were all extremely pleased. And I actually took my first brocket deer as well. I've had a couple other opportunities uh, in the past. Uh, They're rather rare. They're a small jungle deer. They only weigh 35 or 40 pounds. They they have five or six-inch spikes on them. But uh, just wonderful, wonderful 
wonderful experience hunting these small jungle deer. My guide, uh, PT, took me out uh, to uh, a beautiful jungle area. It looked kind of like an Ozark ridge, just different species of trees, but some big trees there uh, up above us, up the steep ridge. I could see in the dark, see the silhouettes of some very tall trees, and I thought, man, that'd be a great place for turkeys to roost. Well, we made a quick makeshift blind under a, a, a tree that was producing some small fruits, and my guide uh, told me that uh, brocket deer had been coming in there, but I knew brockets were tough to get, so I tried not to get my hopes up too much, but just uh, right at daylight, we heard turkeys start yelping up in the trees uh, above us up the ridge, and that was exciting. Then we could hear them flying down. A couple of them flew right over top of the blind, and and pretty soon uh, some started coming through the woods, and the guide and I started uh, uh, whistling at them, and they'd whistle back and start coming in close and had a big gobbler get up close and the guy asked me if I want to shoot it because I was actually allowed two birds but I passed because I didn't want to mess up my my deer hunt I was really wanting to get that brocket deer about 30 minutes later I was actually taking a nap in the blind and the guy woke me up and whispered to me that there was a brocket deer coming and time I found it through the thick brush and, and of course the camo material that surrounded the blind uh it had close to within like 18 yards of me. And they shoot everything down there with a shotgun's number two shot. And I, I couldn't think about standing up and shooting over the blind. So I had to shoot right through the camo material and just a little bit, a few little twigs and limbs. But uh, managed to get my first brocket deer. And boy, was it ever exciting. I, I was tickled pink and uh, extremely good eating deer as well. So we had a great time uh, there in camp. But uh, we had the brocket deer to eat. We had wild turkey, and and some of the other guys hunted some other species. Hunter Hyman killed a a great curassow. These are birds that are about the size of our wild turkeys here in the state of Missouri, but they're just solid black with a white rump, and around their big hooked beaks, they've got this big yellow bulbous skin that just really sets them off, and they're just gorgeous birds. So Hunter collected a very nice uh, trophy specimen there of a bird. And those guys just wanted to hunt everything in the jungle. Uh, I know uh, Hunter also took a Cota Monday. Uh, Daryl Hyman took a brocket deer as well, which, boy, that's his first trip down. I can't believe it. I told him I've been going 14 years and just got my first brocket deer. So it was quite an adventure for all of us and uh, some other animals and birds that they took as well. But those guys are going to have uh, – quite the taxidermy bill when they send all those critters back to the United States to get them mounted. But uh, they'll t- take them uh, uh, to a taxidermist, and they may have to build another room on their house. But, boy, what some great memories from the Yucatan. And 10 Cab Outfitters down there does a tremendous job. You can Google them up. I've been dealing with 10 Cab for over a, a decade, and I round up people here in the States and take them down to the camps and already got my crew set for next year so all excited about planning and getting ready to go back to the yucatan in 2023 but uh great great time down there and so many people talk about being afraid of going to mexico yeah there's some bad parts of mexico where the cartels are uh existent but uh we fly into merida which is uh in yucatan state and Merida is the safest city in, in Mexico and just a beautiful city. Never had any problems 
there in 14 years and going to other parts of Mexico as well. But, uh, you know, there are places in the United States that I wouldn't walk around to daylight or nighttime, you know, in our cities where lots of crime and that sort of thing. But uh, if you're traveling to Mexico, you just have to use some common sense and be careful about where you go and when you go. And and otherwise, it's a very safe, safe uh, country where we go. And if you're with outfitters, uh, no one has ever bothered us. And sometimes I travel on tourist vehicles. I've worked uh, for J State Tourism for about three years. When I traveled with those folks, uh, we never had any problems. But it's, it's kind of common courtesy, you know, you see policemen, particularly to border crossings. I know our our uh, outfitters always had something for those guys. They're not extremely uh, well paid. Uh, so giving them a little gift of, you know, water, ice, soda, whatever is greatly appreciated. And it makes you for great, you know, great friends too. And I, we've all heard the horror stories about being stopped by cops uh, or policemen in the Mexico and uh, they want to take money from you well that's it's not illegal they're so poorly paid if you've done a little something wrong they can find you right on the spot and the best way to get through it uh, you know don't argue with them don't uh, try to get out of it just uh, ask them what the standard fare is and there's there's kind of a set fee I guess for different infractions so you'd be wise just uh Pay it up with a smile and be on your way. It's usually not enormous amounts anyway. So uh, just have a, a great time when you go to Mexico. I love going to the Yucatan of Mexico and plan on going uh, uh, for as long as I can. I'm approaching 73 years of age, but I've been going down there for 14 years and one of my favorite places on the face of the earth. Well, all that I do is made possible uh Possible by, of course, Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, Daryl Hyman and his crew, but also we've got a lot of sponsors, and I'd appreciate it if you would uh, patronize these people. But here's the list. Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journal, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stainwater Boat Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Hoosall Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Marys County Bank, Rich's Famous Burgers, The Fallen Outdoors, Let Go Sinker and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, and J&J Charters in Coppin Cove, Alaska, and also Bean Creek Game Calls out of Licking, Missouri. But back to J&J Charters in Coppin Cove, Alaska. Be sure and go to uh, my Facebook page, Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast, and just like the page and then type your name in comments, and that puts you into a drawing. And in a couple weeks, we're going to have a drawing uh with J&J Charters in Kaufman Cove, Alaska, and I'm going to be giving away a certificate worth $500 off a trip, either a fishing, probably a fishing trip, maybe a hunting trip, uh, to Kaufman Cove, Alaska, and that's with J&J Charters up there and John Rodriguez. And I've made a couple of trips with John. He's just an absolute delight to be with. And, uh, Boy, really knows the Prince of Wales Islands area. I've caught lots of big salmon up there and uh, Dolly Varden and just had some great times in Kaufman Cove, Alaska. So be sure and register so you can get your name in the pot for this $500 gift certificate. That's by far the largest uh, gift we've given, we've given away this year. Uh, 
Well, it's great. Uh, I I got to get out and maybe go fishing today. It's been great to uh, talk to you today, and I hope that you'll continue following us here on Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. And I encourage you to get out in the outdoors and do just like myself and a lot of other people. We're living our outdoor dreams, and I'd love to see you live your outdoor dreams as well. Hey guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by... Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, Kaufman Cove, Alaska, Bean Creek Game Calls, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm, we live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.